Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell. And, uh, you know, this month in October, we've decided, or I decided, I guess, to do a thing about local musicians. And uh, we've talked uh, to Blind Velvet last weekend and this weekend, a guy that I'm familiar with, I've actually have known, uh, I hate to say, for quite a, quite a while. We've known each other for quite a while. And uh, technically, he's my boss, too. So, uh, of course, i got to have him on. It's Mike Rennick. And he is not only the general manager of our radio stations here in uh, Cape Girardeau and Sykeston, uh, but also been in, on the music scene in this area for a long time. So, Mike, thanks for being on the show. Glenn, thanks for having me. Let's talk music. Let's uh, do it. We always have great conversations, too, by the way. I don't No matter what we talk about. And, but music um, is something that I, that I love. And I, and I tell people, if you looked at my phone, um, you, you would think, it was owned by 20 different people because there's all these different types of music on there. What's, what's music for you? Like, what, is there a genre that you just really attach yourself to, or are you like me, just like everything, you just kind of love it all? You know, it's, uh, I, I think I've evolved over, over the years, so to speak. I, I, you know, when I, when I really first started listening to music a lot and kind of being drawn, drawn into it, it was listening to my, my dad's music, you know, and he was Motown. He was, you know, the Beach Boys. Um, he loved, he, you know, he loved uh, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. And, you know, just he, he, he'd come home, you know, from work, you know, on a Friday night and he'd uh, head downstairs and put records on the record player. And and that's that's the first stuff that I, you know, that I really listened to a, a lot. Um and then I was, you know, I was involved in, in church and in choir and music theater. And, and, and I really, I, I like that music a bunch. And, and that's, you know, kind of all that I listened to for quite a while. Uh, and then it, you know, it just kind of changes as you're, as, I guess, as you get older, you know, what you like. I, I kind of probably fell into, you know, really, really kind of being drawn to like to the, to the singer songwriter um, style of music, um, you know, I, I was never big, and this is where the evolving has happened. I was never big on classic rock. I wasn't. I wasn't like a Led Zeppelin guy, or you know, or name the classic rock band. Um, but, but with you know, especially the onset of YouTube and 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 different technologies like that, where you can just you can find anything you want. Um, bands like. Led Zeppelin, you know, bands that just that that maybe my friends were listening to that I wasn't listening to. I've been able to go back and and explore and listen to their live stuff. I love live music. It's always been I've always thought like like that's where you earn your earn your money is doing it live. You know, I think um, a decent amount of people can go in and record something and you can make it sound sound good. Uh, but to me, the live performance is where it's at. So. Uh, you know, again, a lot of a lot of some of these these bands or artists that I probably wasn't really into 10, 15 years ago. Um, it's kind of been like, you know, discovering new music, even though I had you know, heard the songs and that sort of thing. But to be able to go back and listen, um, listen to interviews, you know, it, you know, hear how what their process was whenever, whenever they were writing music or beginning to play. Um so I don't know. It just kind of runs the gamut these days, kind of like you were saying. I think it's interesting because, but my my dad was the uh, country and western outlaw country guy. My mom, although she loved that stuff and loved like Loretta Lynn, but she was really the doo wop, 
you know, old, old rock yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. I was listening to some, you know, all kinds of stuff on both sides. Yeah. But I never really latched on to it. In the, and I told someone this recently in the in you know, sixth, seventh grade, you had hairband rock coming around. Sure. Uh, Hip hop was really just starting to come around. So, and then you had, you know, less of natural music, like guitar, drums, and it was all like uh, uh, synthesized, synth, oh, I have a hard time with that word. S- synthesized Thank music. you. Like Thank the you. pop 80s yes, stuff? Yes, yes, yeah. the pop stuff. So, yeah. you know, you had, you, you had disco ch- turning into pop, basically. Sure. And, it, but then what I found is as I got older, like a few years down the road, I kind of went back, reverted back. I didn't really like the country stuff. And I really didn't like the doo-wop stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kind of rediscovered that later on, yeah. especially when I got into radio. Like country music all of a sudden was just different to me for whatever reason. Yeah. And and so it is it is interesting how people just evolve, you know, from your early, early, early uh, age uh, up into adulthood and what you kind of grasp onto. Yeah. And I and I do agree. I do love the whole. Um, sometimes just listening to guys or whoever talk about how they came up with a song. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, uh, Sammy Hagar. I can't drive fifty five. I don't know if you've seen that video recently. But it was a no. protest song because he got pulled over <laughs> for driving over fifty miles an hour. And it's no like kidding. I can't go fifty five. <laughs> he said, "I went home immediately and wrote the song." It's like a protest song. Yeah. Like what a great story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the 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 interesting thing about that is is I think you find, or at least I hope, that in all these different genres, you, you kind of learn there's just a respect that an artist is putting themselves out there. You know, it is not easy to write music. It's not easy to, you know, put put your you know, I always kinda talk about it's basically it's it's kind of like your diary you know you don't want people to read your diary you know writing music is is very similar in my at least that's my approach where you know you're you're putting out there you know the the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that you have about a certain situation because a lot of those songs really i mean it's really personal stuff that's happened to you yeah or you've experienced that you're putting on paper then you know obviously in music right and you're and you're putting it out there for someone to go oh that's, that was pretty good you know, and, and and now going back to the recording of music, um, I mean that is, we you know I've recorded several times over the years, and it's 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 pretty painstaking. So, you know, again, I mean it just especially if you, you know, because you can just you can just nitpick it to to death. You know, as far as well, does the drum sound okay? You know, the vocal needs this, whatever the case is, and I can't even imagine what it's like on the, you know at the Nashville level or whatnot. But, but again, you're putting in all that time, all that energy to let someone hear it and go, that's pretty good. And it's like, do you know how much time went into this? You know, how much blood, sweat and tears. So I I think, I think you learn, at least I have just to respect no matter what genre it is to respect what the, the girl, the, the the man, the woman that the group is, is attempting to do. So is it harder than, in in your opinion, to go into a studio to record music, is it more difficult with you being that producer, or more difficult with someone else being the producer? I think in you know in the situations that I have recorded um, myself and the, and the person actually doing the engineering the recording have been the producer with with it defaulting to me. Um, I would love a situation where. 
I'm not, I'm not making those calls. You know, uh, I, I would love to have someone else that would be able to be in there saying, no, let's, let's, you know, let's do it like this. Let's try it like that. Let's, you know, I think that collaboration would be wonderful. Um, and is that more about maybe having some new different ideas and less about you, like, you know, this is my song, got to make it perfect kind of situation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I know none of the stuff I do is perfect. So I, I, I think hearing, letting someone else bring their ideas to it, um, you know, that, that synergy piece, you know, where you bring it to a certain point, they come in with their talents and they hear it a certain way, or let's try this, try that. And then that gets to, you know, that, that it's greater than what it would have been had that person not have been there. Um, I think that'd be a cool experience, not one that I've had, uh, but I think that'd be a neat, a neat experience. But I could also see where it could be tough if you, you have to have the ability to probably let go and, and not want to be in control of what you created, so to speak. Yeah, because I think sometimes as an artist, and I'm, I'm not a musical artist by any means, not even, not even close, um, but I would have to think that there there's that, you know, that vision that an artist has over something that they're doing, whether that's painting a picture or doing a movie or making music. And then when somebody who else is in charge comes in and messes with that vision a little bit, I think it's got to be difficult just to kind of, you know, let it go, like you said, sure. and, and let somebody else make that decision. Yeah. And, and I, to that point, um, again, with the beauty of YouTube, I've, I've watched a ton of interviews with, with groups and, and how they have gone from one producer to the next on a, on a different, on albums. And a lot of that's been, you know, it's like creative differences maybe, or just that maybe that producer has taken them to a certain point and they feel like, you know, they need another set of fresh ears and, and ideas to, to take them to the next level on a particular album. Cause it's like a journey, right? I mean, you're, always like i was speaking to some someone and it was kind of the same lines we we're talking about earlier you know they started here with their like of music but things because they've matured their music has matured their idea of writing has matured and they're playing and so on and so there's this constant change going on and it would seem like by working with different producers who have all different types of ideas it kind of helps you on that journey of hey we did this once let's try to invoke that here because i think it'll work Sure. Um, instead of just doing essentially the same thing all the time. And I think, yeah, I think you can't, that's, to me, that's the hard part is you can't help but get kind of stuck in what, what you're writing, maybe what the sounds are, um, because that's maybe, because you have maybe a natural, you have a natural tendency to do certain things a certain way and having a, a fresh set of ears or ideas might challenge you and pull you to go, Oh, I didn't know that I could do it this way. And, and you're happy with the way that that direction is. So who would you say are your top influences in music? Is there, is, is, is it a, like for me, I mean, I would probably give you a hundred different people because <laughs> I just love music. Right. Yeah. But you know, are, are there a few that just really kind of cling on to and say, man, these are the ones that really shaped my thought in music. I'd say, Sting and the Police, Dave Matthews Band, and Peter Gabriel. Wow, that's quite the list. It is, and I think what they all have in common 
at least for me, is I've always liked the like the the rhythm side of music. Um, you know, there's something about their music that that has a, has a pulse to it. I think they all three have a unique um, vocal quality to them. Um, and then I and then I also really appreciate just lyrically the you know the way that they write songs and there, there's and there's something about their melodies you know they're you, know, you might hear a like a like a chord progression of some sort and i think that there's a tendency to kind of hum along with you know that chord progression a certain way that maybe we, we would all hum along with they find these to me they find these vocal melodies that are just they're kind of there's unique you know they're they're kind of on the they're in between, you know, these, these progressions and, and they're, you don't I don't hear a lot of people doing them, doing it that way. Um, Does it get, you think, more difficult as we, as we go along, when you think of all the different types of music and the different singers and musicians that have, that have come on the scene, you know, I, I tell people, cause I am a Led Zeppelin fan. I think Led Zeppelin is, they're legends, but also I think they're the, the most uh, underrated as well, because you know, people talk about the Stones and the right. Who and all this kind of stuff, but for me, I feel like Led Zeppelin was just ahead of their time. The different things that they did and how they did it, and I think they were such a great influence, whether people realize it or not, on so many other rock bands. But is it getting more and more difficult to find that unique sound? That you know, when you, those three you mentioned, when I hear their music, I know that's them. You know, right. That's the police or Sting, and that's Dave Matthews, yeah. or that's Peter Gabriel. Is it becoming more difficult to find that sound? I think potentially. I think especially because there is, again, so much access to to music now, which I think is great. You know, I mean, you and I love audio. <laughs> you yeah. know, so the fact that there is access to to so much of it, um, I think it is. I think it is hard to maybe find your niche uh and maybe that maybe that's playing out to a degree in a lot of turnover from solo artists and that sort of thing you know like i just i don't personally see you know bands that are brand new these days that are that had the longevity of a pearl jam you know of a led zeppelin you know, you still you look at you look at ticket sales for uh, touring acts right now, and it's bands that have been around forever, and they're still leading the way. And and I guess to a, to a degree, they they maybe that will always be the case. But um, yeah, I just you know, I don't think you find these bands these days like you did in the in the '90s. You know, I mean, I, I, and I know the classic rock era as well, where man, they just they just dominated. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like you said, they still are. I mean, the, the, the top tour this year was Def Leppard, Poison, yeah. Motley Crue, and uh, Joan Jett. Right. Right. I can't, which I went to in St. Louis. And, yeah. you know, and I loved Joan Jett more than I loved any of the others. I mean, I thought it was just great. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but you're right. And I think the thing I think about sometimes, too, because it feels like if you're in a band, it's a little easier to get your stuff made. Not necessarily to get you out there or make you famous, but to get your stuff made, it is a little bit easier because you can do it from your home now pretty right. much yeah. at, at a very low minimal cost. But do you think that there's any pressure on major labels to get better? Because I, I feel like we just get the cookie cutter 
groups, bands, artists. Like, I got to tell you, like, I, I love country music, but I love country music, and I don't hear a whole lot of it today. Now, yeah. I, love, I love Luke Combs and some of those other guys coming out that are really kind of taking us back. But there's a lot of stuff today that I feel like is just kind of pop, cookie-cutter type stuff. Yeah. Well, we were talking before we started the interview about Chris Stapleton, you know, and he's he's not in, he's not cookie-cutter. He's no. not by any means. But you mentioned Luke Combs, but, you know, Chris Stapleton, um, you know, there's – you can kind of count on one hand, you know, those that are um, in that – in that ilk, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, obviously the industry has changed, you know, quite a bit, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that labels like cultivate artists like they used to, as opposed to maybe they, they come along and, and support them with a, a following that they've already, or have already started, you know, because of social media I think they, I think that's what they look for. They look for artists that already have like an established fan base, and those are the ones that they that they end up teaming up with, as opposed to cultivating them from the beginning. So, so in that, then is social media helping the rise of newer music or making it more difficult because those labels expect you to have fifteen to twenty thousand followers, a hundred thousand followers right. by the time you get to their level. You know, to a degree, I, 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 I wonder, and this is just my opinion, if it's making it more difficult um, because there's just so much, again, access and everyone can record something. Everyone can, you know, have it found on Spotify. They can, they can have a YouTube channel. Uh, and there's just so much. How do, you, how do you cut through the clutter? You know, how do you really cut through um, to make – you know, back in the day, again, it was you got in your truck or your van and you played every little town and college and place that you could with your band. That's how you did it. You know, you 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 handed out CDs and you you know, you, you really the grassroots following really came that way. It's different now, I think, um, but I think I think it is harder because there's just so much access to to audio to to musicians. How do you cut through? Yeah, that's that's tough. I feel like I need to say this too uh, before we move on. Is I, I'm 50, and uh, I have turned into my father. Um, <laughs> like I remember, my dad would be like, you know, they announce the rodeo. Uh, people, you know, coming who's ever coming to the rodeo, and he'd be like, gosh, I wish they get the Statler brothers back. And I said, I, I don't think they'd sell as many tickets anymore, Dad. So uh, you know, I'd love to see Mark Chestnut come back to the rodeo or or someone like that, but uh, I just don't see that really happening too much. So I'm just old. I like I like my old stuff, and so that's just that's just well. Me. And I and I will I will be honest with you. Um, you know, I I do an air shift on K103, our country station. Yeah. And when I first started doing that, I was not the biggest country fan. Just wasn't something that I listened to a lot. And I was drawn to more of the pop country. You know, that's that that's what drew me in more. Um, and, I, and I don't really know why, but that's what I was a little more. And, you know, because to a degree, I talked about that rhythm and that, you know, there's, yeah. you know, that that the, the pop country nowadays definitely has that that piece to it. Um, now, see, and I'm more of that kind of 
like my dad, the old country, the, the, the alley, the... yeah, the outlaw stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I also have a love of rock music, like sure. all genres of rock. Like I love Led Zeppelin, but I, I grew up in the '80s, so you know, I right. love my '80s bands. But I've also found, as of late, that I'm actually a fan of the '90s rock too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff came great out. Great stuff, the, great stuff came out in the '90s. Yeah. You know, Three Doors Down. And, Soundgarden, uh, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh my gosh, all kinds <laughs> Nirvana, of good stuff. I yeah, mean, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Yeah, you know all that kind of kind of stuff. But um, I just don't listen to a lot of new music today. And my my daughter and I would do this thing called Hurdle, which is um, you, you it gives you like a snippet of music and you have okay. to guess. It's kind of like uh, Wordle, but it's with the music side. Oh, okay. and so it keeps giving you little snippets and little snippets, and sometimes first snippet of you know, a few seconds. I've got it. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. And there's sometimes I'm like, I don't have a clue what this is because <laughs> I don't know the newer music. But yeah. at any rate, so uh, let's talk about, because we're going to run out of time really quick, but um, you you play a lot around the Cape Girardeau area. Tell us about where people can find out more about you and, and where you're going to be and that sort of thing. Well, um, yes. Now, I, I will, uh, full disclosure, kids and work have kind of slowed down the playing to a degree. Um, can imagine why <laughs> and, and i'm okay with that you know i'm okay with that um our, our our band used to play a whole lot more than we do now uh i play a little more just more on my own acoustic and and a lot of that is you know just i do it a lot do a lot of of private parties you know people that i know that sort of thing um so i don't really i, I i've kind of stopped even putting out whenever i'm playing because it's just so kind of few and far between right now uh, but, but I, what I, but I, what I like about that is, you know, I started playing the guitar in my, in my basement, in my room, watching Cardinal baseball, you know, it was just like, you know, had a long baseball game and you just had plenty of time to sit there and strum a guitar and coming back around to kind of that acoustic, you know, more vibe feel now is it's kind of just takes me kind of back to that, how things, you know, started whenever I was learning to play and figuring out, you know, sounds that I like and progressions that I like and that sort of thing. So um, I'm not I'm not doing a ton out right now. I, I you know, maybe maybe whenever uh, see the, the kids, though, they keep me in touch with what the new music is. You know, so that's that's a good part of it. Well, mine sort of <laughs> because I I was you know my wife and I were influences on them, sure. and so they're like we're just a music family. Yeah. So like my son at one point lat- latched on to the Beatles, okay. which made me extremely happy. <laughs> you know, and and my daughter since she's actually you know been in college and out whatever like her music uh, 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 library has expanded a lot too, and so. And she's into albums like I am. Like I now, when I say albums, I mean vinyl. Like I right. have a lot of vinyl at home yeah. that I sometimes put on and play. And so does she. So she she kind of picked up that love too. Well, you have to like the fact that that's come back around. Oh, love it. I mean, it's it's the it, it, listen. And, and again, radio veterans here. You and I. Sure. Uh, I've been around probably longer than you. I have to probably yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Makes me feel good. So. Um, so I, I will tell you that there is nothing, no matter what they do digitally, there is nothing that sounds as good as vinyl. Yeah. Like they've tried right. and nothing sounds as good. Yeah. And that's not opinion. That's just fact. <laughs> so you got to get, get over it. Well. And, but I do, I do love the fact that vinyl's back. And, and, it's, and it's not only is it, is it back, but it's not back with just the older population it's back with the everybody. younger population with everybody that's what i think is so cool about like 
like Guitar Hero and those types of games. Yeah. That really like introduced older music to a younger generation. You know, and so when you see, you know, uh, have her old, you know, youngster wearing an ACDC shirt, uh, I think it's like, well, I know for a fact that he's probably a real rock listener. And then <laughs> maybe he played some Guitar Hero and, and heard some of these old songs, you yeah. know? Um, but, you know, I got to think, though, a couple of things, TVs and movies. Sure. Using sure. a lot of that old old music now. Yep. And then also uh, social media, YouTube. You know, you're hard-pressed to find, or where you can't find somebody's music somewhere. Right. You can go, oh, I totally forgot about this group and that song, and it's either on Spotify or Apple Music. It's somewhere. Sure. Which is really cool. And, uh, you know, your music's going to be around forever now because we have all of this in the cloud. (laughs) And so uh, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me and and, and doing this. I just decided I want to do something a little bit different this month and just talk to local people about music, and I know you've been around for a while, so uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just meant that you've been around in this area playing music, and so I really appreciate you talking with me. Hey, you, you bet. I, I enjoy talking about it. It's been good to me, uh, and I'm you know happy to talk about it whenever with whoever. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Hey, once again, thanks to Mike Runnick for being on the show. Thanks for joining us on the Talk of Sykes, and hope you come back each and every weekend right here on KSIM and KZIM. It's what everyone's talking about on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.